0: Hi everyone, this is CLAT2. This is episode 4 in my series of networking basics. In this episode, we're going to talk about TCP and UDP. Now, what is TCP and what is UDP? Well, everyone's heard of TCP, and you may have heard of the term UDP, but um, let's think of how we've heard TCP before. Well, there's that, there's that one phrase people seem to throw around a lot, TCP IP, right? Well, what people don't necessarily realize is that those are actually two separate protocols. TCP is one, and IP is another. We'll talk about IP next episode, episode 5. But uh, for this one, we're going to concentrate on that first part. So TCP is a really common protocol uh, of of getting data around, uh, as is UDP. And they both operate entirely on the, uh, well, in the OSI model in the network layer. It's that stage uh in the network process where data is being transmitted from one network to another or or I mean even within the same network, but it it is that uh it's that process of of where the the data is being uh transferred. So let's let's talk about TCP first and then we'll talk about UDP and we'll talk about why one would use one or the other or why one wouldn't use one or the other. Uh, TCP stands for Transmission Control Protocol. There are some characteristics of TCP. It is um, it's full duplex. It is connection oriented, and it's a reliable protocol. What on earth does all that mean? Well, full duplex. We call it that because it sends and receives information simultaneously. So it's a full duplex protocol. Connection oriented. Uh, because it establishes what's called a virtual circuit. Virtual circuits are kind of cool, and we'll go over exactly how they occur, but know that that's something that TCP does. It establishes a virtual circuit, and so we we, we, we can refer to it as a connection-oriented uh, protocol. And we call it a reliable protocol because everything that is sent via TCP is confirmed. It is always, there are checks and double checks and cyclical redundancy checks to make sure that the information that was actually sent was actually received in the way that it was supposed to be received. TCP, of course, and I think we've kind of mentioned some of this before, TCP breaks the information that you're going to send into little segments, and it numbers the segments, and it sends all these little segments one by one to a remote location somewhere. So leaves your local machine and goes off to some remote machine maybe a server or maybe uh, just another computer on 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 the office in the office next door or whatever the remote machine takes all these uh all these little segments of data it looks at how they're numbered and it is able to thereby make sure that it's got all the information and, and and is able to then connect them all back together put them back in the correct order how does this happen well first the tcp stack on your machine, on on let's say Kwatu's machine, contacts the TCP stack over on Gort's machine. That's the destination machine. Again, this could be a web server. It could be a mail server. It could be a friend's computer that you're trying to, trying to get some information from. They talk to each other, and they establish a connection, and that's the virtual circuit. So there's a little handshake going on there, and, and you've now got a a connection so the gort's machine knows that my machine is going to talk to it in a moment um, they establish among themselves what information is going to be sent and you know how much that information is going to be like how how much data that really is going to boil down to um and then the the remote machine gort's machine will send my machine an, ac- an acknowledgement now to send the information again my machine is going to break it up into little segments and to each little segment it is going to attach a tcp header now remember, I know we've talked about this before, remember that network sending stuff via these networks is a little bit like a space shuttle lifting off from our great planet here uh, and going into the great far reaches of outer space. Because um, what happens when you see a shuttle take off, right? It's got that big fuel tank on it. And it's got more fuel tanks on the fuel tank. And so it lifts off, it ejects the fuel tank, right? It, it it sends it off, and it keeps going, and then it, d- it drops more more fuel tanks, and then finally it's in space or something, something like that. Um, so th- that's what happens with all this network data too. It, it the the message gets through one layer, and the next layer looks at the header and says, "Oh, I know where you're from and what you are. Okay, so I don't need your header anymore." Um, and then it keeps going and the next layer says okay now I'm down to these two headers, well this one, he- this header's from me, I don't need it anymore so I'll process the data and send it on and then it goes to the next, you know, and so on and so forth. Well, and first the inverse would be true, I mean first it gets headers from all these different protocols, then it's sent and then it starts, you know, the, the the reverse happens. Everything kind of processes the header and sends the rest of the data wherever it's supposed to go. So TCP adds its little header to this segment of information and what is in a header? Well, in the TCP header, uh, which is 20 to 24 bytes long, depending on some of the, the individual options, uh, there is a source port, and that would be the, the port number of the application sending the information. There's the destination port, which would be the port number of the application being requested by, uh, you know, over on the remote machine, over on Gort's computer, whatever. There would be an acknowledgement number which is going to be the TCP octet that is expected next. Uh, There's a header length, which is 32 bits, and that is the number of 32-bit words in the header. So kind of recursive in a a way. But yeah, 32 bits, which is the number of 32-bit words in the header. Uh, This helps uh, define when the actual data begins. Right Because if you know how long the header is, then you know that everything after that is the data that the person's actually sending, so then once we take off that header we we, we can show you we we, we will, we'll know where the, the data is uh, after that is a reserved bit, which is always set to zero. I don't know what it's for. I don't know w- on what occasion it would not be set to zero. It might be something for developers to use or, or something like that. And then there's code bits which controls the set the setting up and the termination of a session uh, there's the window size which is the the window size that you the sender is willing to accept and that is always given in octets and then there's the checksum which does the whole the cyclic redundancy check for the header and the data fields so this is what actually makes tcp reliable right because it's the thing that enables it to check the integrity of the data and stuff like that. Now after that there is an urgent field. I don't know exactly what makes something urgent or non-urgent, but I do know that if um if the bits are not set then it's only valid if the bits are set. And and the value that it is set to would be is like an offset from the current sequence number in octets where the first segment of non-urgent data begins. Again, I have no idea like exactly when this would be set as urgent or not. Uh, I'm just not not doing that sort of thing. But if you are analyzing traffic and looking at headers and things like that, that's what you'll see. Options is next. It's uh it's 32 bits again, but it's uh if it's anything what greater than zero but less than thirty-two bits, you're going to just see a whole bunch of zeros to fill in the to to fill in the space. Um, this field contains different options. Unfortunately, I don't know what those options are and I didn't want to read through all the different documentation trying to figure out what they were. But um, I'll, I'll touch on the importance or the non-importance of all this in a moment. And then after that, finally, there is data, And that is the data that you are sending plus all the upper layer headers are there. So you've got the TCP header, and then you've got all the, the layers before that, uh, all their little headers, and then your data. But, but as far as TCP knows, that, that, that next portion is the data field. And it's going to get passed on to wherever it needs to get passed on to. That is how TCP sends the data, and it ensures that all the data has been sent, I mean, that has been sent has been received, and it is how it enables the remote machine to reassemble that data in the correct order because of the acknowledgement number. So you've got all that good stuff, and that's how TCP works, and you're going to be seeing TCP when you are using protocols like HTTP. HTTPS, SSH, FTP, Telnet, and sometimes, but not always, DNS. Now, like I was saying about like the options field and and the reserved bit and things like that, I don't understand that kind of stuff. You probably don't understand that kind of stuff, and the importance of understanding it is questionable because you are not you and I, the the regular user. We're not going to be messing around with that kind of stuff, nor are we even making the call over whether we want to use, for instance, TCP or UDP under normal circumstances. There are some applications which can use both, and you can choose between the two. But more often than not, the programmer who has made the application that you're using has made the call, okay, this is something that needs to use TCP, and so we will use TCP. And we will include, you know, these kinds of options and set this bit to that, and so and so and so and so. So it's... um it's it's really a question of 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 how deep you need to understand some of the technology or versus how you just need to know that the technology is actually occurring if you want to know more about tcp or udp there are there's a great website you may have already you may already know about this. You might not. But it's a it's a website full of things called RFCs. And RFCs stand for Request for Comments. And uh, the official page of them is org is the uh, site that you're going to want to go for, for all the, I guess, the actual um, RFCs. The place that a lot of times I go to just because it seems to be almost easier to find them in and I guess Google usually just returns them pretty quickly here, is on fax.org, F-A-Q-S dot org, slash RFCs. That's R-F-C-S. And if you just type in RFC uh, UDP, that will bring up RFC 768, which is the the, the RFC that details the UDP protocol. Or you could do RFC, um, you know, space TCP, and that will surely bring up RFC-793, which is the Transmission Control Protocol one, and it's a big document. I'm talking, um, uh, it's a good read. It's a lot of pages, or not, I don't know how many pages, but it's, it's a bunch of screenfuls of a lot of information about TCP, and you can... You you can start there and just branch out as far as you want to go. Very informative uh, documents, the RFCs are. And the RFCs are put out and have been put out. I mean, like the UDP one dates from like 1980 or something like that. So, uh, But they're still relevant, obviously, because these are the protocols that, that we're actually using. Um, but this is when these protocols were sort of implemented, and this is how they work. These are their characteristics. These are the specifications of, of some very important protocols. So check those out if you want to know a whole lot more than what I will probably ever be able to tell you about. Now when you request something, say a web page or something, uh your local computer assigns your signal a port number with a number from anything from like uh ten twenty four anything above ten twenty four up to something uh like sixty five thousand. It's it's um you got a lot of you got a lot of numbers there and, and the computer will assign your little signal a port number and that's what gets put into the source port of the TCP header. So let's say that it gives you the port number 2012, and then the destination port is going to be whatever port happens to be assigned to the service that you're requesting. So, for instance, maybe you're trying to FTP into something, and they have their default port set for FTP, so it's port 21. Or maybe it's SSH, and that would be port 22, right? Telnet, 23, 53 for DNS, 80 for HTTP, possibly 8080 if they're clever, you know, 110 for POP3, whatever. Why does it do this? Well, because TCP doesn't use hardware, and it doesn't use logical addressing, so they need to use a port number because, you know, they need two distinct ports to identify the two entities sending messages back and forth. So that's the importance of the source and the destination port number. So all of this happens with an overhead, right? I mean, TCP doing all this kind of work as you can even tell just from the header file it, it does it, it carries with it a certain amount of uh, it's going to it's going to burden your network to a certain degree so what happens is that when people want to use a uh, th- they're writing an application you know that, that interacts over a network they decide well I don't really need all the features of TCP I can use the much simpler and what would be called a thin protocol called UDP and that's that stands for user datagram protocol again the RFC for that is 768 so you can check that out if you want to. UDP does not sequence its segments. Okay, It sends a segment out and forgets about them. It just sends out the information. It doesn't wait for confirmation. It doesn't want confirmation. Therefore, we call it, well, it's not a reliable protocol, which doesn't mean that we wouldn't ever use UDP because it's just not reliable. It'll break. No, it just means that it doesn't. it doesn't send and then wait for confirmation. So TCP is called reliable protocol. UDP is not a reliable protocol. But both are used just as much as the other one, it's just that one does wait for confirmation, one features the fact that it does not wait for confirmation, and that's a good thing in some cases. UDP also does not create a virtual circuit, meaning that it's not going to contact the destination computer before sending the information. It's just going to send the information. Good to know. The segment format for UDP is a lot simpler than the TCP format. It's got a source port, it's got a destination port, it's got the length, and the checksum, and then the data skips over everything else. That's all there is. Now, some UDP signals aren't even sending data. They're just probing the network. So sometimes there's not even a data, you know, the the, the the data field would be empty. So UDP does, however, run a cyclic redundancy check, and that relies on the frame check sequence. So you're going to see frame, frame check sequence data if you're going to look at UDP signals, but it's Still, it's not waiting for like confirmation or anything, but it is. It does have that cyclical uh, cyclic redundancy check I- in it, and the things that are that are using UDP that you that you'll see are, for instance, POP three, TFTP, which is the lightweight version of FTP, um, SNMP, and sometimes again, so does DNS, and a lot of times news services do as well for like in news groups. So if we broke it down into really simple, simplified terms, well, I mean, first of all, TCP is, is a little bit heavier. It's going to burden the network a little bit more than UDP. And simple terminology, well, TCP would be like talking to someone in class, right? If you're in a classroom, you guys are talking, and you get feedback from them immediately, right? You, Whether it's body language, or are just like, uh-huh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, is that right? You know, that kind of thing, like that kind of inane feedback that you get from people just to identify that yes they are hearing what you're saying, uh they understand what you are saying. Um if they don't get something, if they don't, if they miss something that you said, they'll they'll say, "What what's that? What did you say?" something like that, you know. So they'll you get that feedback. It's a very interactive process, I guess. And you'll you'll stop, you'll modify what you're saying in order to accommodate the fact that they missed something. You'll you'll retransmit some information if needed. Now UDP is more like me talking to you right now over a podcast. I'm sending out the message. I have no idea who I'm talking to. I don't know that you're listening. You might not have even downloaded this file. You might not be hearing it at all. Um, or you may be listening to it. You might not be understanding what I'm saying. Maybe I'm talking too fast or maybe I'm being too vague or I'm being, um, I'm uh, not being clear on something. You can sit there and ask me to repeat something as much as you want. Uh, you can try it now if you want. Um, and I won't do it. That's how UDP works, in a way. It's the signal being sent out, and that's kind of the end of of of, of that transaction. It's, it's being sent, and and if you get it, you get it, and if you don't, you don't. So that is TCP versus UDP, and those are, again, both protocols that operate on what would be called the network layer in the OSI network model, and these both use the IP protocol. As always, this is a podcast created by and for the community, so if you want to do an episode for Hacker Public Radio, all you have to do is either ping me or Enigma or Wintermute and tell them that, tell us that, yeah, you've got an idea for a show. How about if you do an episode on such and such? And then you can do it. And send it in to us. If you can't reach either me or or Enigma or Winter Mute, just do the episode and send it in. Uh, and, and and email us and let us know that it's that it's ready, or email it to us, or whatever you need to do. Post it somewhere and then email us a link, whatever. If you want to do something on networking, like for this series, the networking basics series, by all means, feel free. Uh, I'm I've gotten like I think two different emails about people who who might be doing an episode that will tie into this little series of Networking Basics. I would love to hear from other people who have more experience or different experience or whatever with networking. I think that other hosts within the Networking Basics series would be fantastic. I would love to hear it. So please, definitely just it in, Or if you catch me with some kind of misunderstanding or, or an error or just not being complete enough, send me an audio comment and I will play it on the next episode or make a comment in text on the Hacker Public Radio site under the under the actual episode. Uh, do whatever you need to do to, to either correct me or add to what I'm saying or clarify or give another example, whatever. So yeah, contribution and collaboration is always welcome. So thanks for listening to Hacker Public Radio. Uh, And I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.